0: We are now within just over a week of the regular season for the OHL and this is episode 69 of the Night Shift. Kyle Grimard and Mike Stubbs as always where you can find us online at Stubbs980 with two B's at Kyle Grimard. You can also get the podcast wherever you get your podcast whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, anywhere you find your podcasts and Mike not a whole lot of you know, big news outside of maybe some rookie camps. So we're going to try and have some fun today. We're going to try and get some spirits up as we get ready for the start of the 2023, 24 OHL regular season.
1: We are. We'll outline how everybody's been doing at their respective rookie tournaments because they have been taking place. And there have been some things to talk about with regard to London Knights players. So we'll get to that in just a second. A celebration of life was held for Dick Hunter going back to September the 15th, and we were able to, you know, just just meet up as you do when you're celebrating somebody's life, and and you start telling all kinds of stories, and and my wife and I were standing there, and we were talking with Ron Rupert, and he is the father of Ryan and Matt Rupert, who were such a big part of the night's In 2012 and in 2013 and in 2014. And we were just, you know, reliving some stories as you do. And I thought, you know what it would be fun to do? It would be fun to take some of those stories and a few other stories and just set out some good vibes for the 2023-2024 season. So with the help of Danny Savret and Mark Mathot. And memories from Ron Rupert. And, yeah, we should have some fun today, Kyle. But let's go through how some of the Knights players have been doing at rookie tournaments. And, I don't know, spin a wheel and let's see where it lands. Uh, Jackson Edward. Perfect. Jackson Edward. He played against Pittsburgh in a 4-2 win at the Prospects Challenge in Buffalo. It was really impressive, showing off his size. And one thing that the Boston Bruins have been doing, get ready for this. As much as people wonder, Kyle, whether the Bruins might take a step back this year, they've lost David Krejci, they've lost Patrice Bergeron, But just a second, because they seem to be building this great big blue line. They keep drafting big physical defensemen. Hmm, who had big physical defensemen who recently won the Stanley Cup? Yeah, Uh, and Jackson Edward is certainly in that mix. So we'll look forward to seeing how Jackson Edward does as he completes Boston Bruins training camp. Okay, next on the list, we have Zach Bowen. Zach Bowen played in the first half of a game against the Calgary Flames on Saturday at a really steady start. Edmonton, Kind of split the net that game. So Bowen was not in net when the overtime winner went in, but has been showing well at Edmonton Oilers camp. Thanks to Paige Martin for all of the updates. She is now in Edmonton, used to work for Rogers TV here in London, and is doing a fantastic job in Alberta. Jacob Julian is at that same Young Stars tournament in Penticton, BC. And what do you know? Vancouver jumped out to this 2-0 lead on the Winnipeg Jets rookies. And then a shot comes through and it starts to trickle. Who crashes the net? Who gets his stick on it? There were about four guys who crashed the net. But who gets his stick on it? Jacob Julian. That made it 2-1. Winnipeg would then tie it and win it in a shootout. And the two guys who scored goals in the shootout, Colby Barlow of the Owen Sound Attack and Danny Jilkin who finished up his OHL career but played for Kitchener and played for Guelph. So lots of OHL content in that tournament and then you have easton cowan and kyle easton cowan has been impressing and how tough is it for easton cowan help us to get some perspective on this he's a first round pick and when you go in in the midst of toronto following and leaf fans
0: and you're a first round pick people want to see things from you instantly don't they well and not to mention mike He was a name that not a lot of people had maybe going to Toronto in the first round. So all of a sudden there's this added pressure of a player of Easton Cowan's caliber, who, unless you watched him in London this past year and watched the elevation and growth of his game over the back half of the regular season, he was over a point per game player through the final 30 games of the regular season. And then the next 22 in the playoffs as well. But anytime you are a player who maybe like normally it's always great when a player is high on a rankings list, for example, and falls and then a team scoops them up, right? There's always going to be praise and to that player, to the organization. But Easton Cowan was maybe not a guy who's on a lot of people's radars. And all he does, Mike, is come in and just say, I'm not focused on that. I'm going to work my butt off this off season. He looks like he's in incredible shape. I think he said for a big year in London. And what does he do, Mike, in three games in Traverse City? (laughs)
1: He had six points.
0: He had (laughs) six points. Now, Nick
1: Barden is the Leafs beat writer essentially for the hockey news the hockey news has done a great job adding beat writers to every city and so here's a little bit from nick barden i'm quoting this right from his article on the hockey news but he says cowan's confidence and strength came to the forefront during friday's game never did it seem like he was afraid to carry the puck or make the quick play watching him play made it feel as though the 18 year old had already played in this tournament a couple of times before so high praise in what people were seeing and he was playing very well on a line with ronnie Hirvinen and ryan teverberg good chemistry so that's a hard thing to do and easton cowan pulled it off let's go to Casper haltonen where he has been playing in the nhl rookie face-off in las vegas for the san jose sharks he got a puck on goal deflected off a defenseman against the Vegas Golden Knights. He scored, and then he scored another one later on. So, Casper Haltonen doing Casper Haltonen things. And many Knights fans haven't even seen him do Casper Haltonen things. But this guy can shoot a puck, and he certainly has been noticeable for the San Jose Sharks. And then we had a trio of London Knights who were playing against each other Denver Barkey and Oliver Bonk of the Philadelphia Flyers up against Max McHugh of the New York Rangers. The Rangers and Flyers just organized a couple of games against each other. So Rangers rookies versus Flyers rookies on September 15th and 16th. How about Denver Barkey? Play maker and very similar praise from what you are hearing for a lot of the other London Knights rookies. But Denver Barkey, an assist in each game, but just heads up plays, helping his teammates to get into scoring positions and getting them the puck. So, then Denver Barkey gets high praise in all of that. Oliver Bonk played on the top pairing in game number one with Adam Ginning and then didn't play in game two. So you wonder, maybe did coaches see enough from them? Are they just going to be invited to main camp? That's the next step in all of this. Which players start to come back and which players are invited to main camp? And we'll have some updates on that as we go along. And then the New York Islanders chose not to participate in In any kind of rookie or prospects tournament. But Isaiah George got some pretty high praise from Bridgeport Islanders head coach Rick Kowalski on Thursday. Remember, he had signed a contract with the Islanders. He said, quote, I really liked Isaiah George last year when he came in. And then he had an ankle injury, which is unfortunate. Remember, he missed the start of the night season. Says, we were looking forward to seeing him more. But again, another mobile defenseman. The one-on-ones today. The two-on-ones. Strong kid. His ability to adjust his gap, which is the reason we set that drill in place today. And move laterally. Just again, another good, strong skating defenseman. And you know you can't have enough of them. So, some high praise for Isaiah George. Because, Kyle, when you <laughs> look at those types of movements, movements uh this guy's off the charts look at how he moves himself out of trouble look at the, you know when he came in one of the first scouting reports on Isaiah George was he skates so well in all directions it's almost like you need a joystick or you know a, a game controller in order to mimic what Isaiah George can do because he can skate just
0: fluidly and just seems to change from one direction to another in all directions. Well, and Mike, too, if you remember the drill when you were playing minor hockey growing up where you start at the bottom of the circle, you skate to the, to, to the, uh, the center dot, you then do crossovers to the left, go back to the middle, then up to the top of the circle, then back to the middle, then over to the right, then back to the middle then backwards. I bet you Isaiah George has some sort of record for finishing that drill in the fastest time, because if you're trying to picture what that means of skating well in all directions. Picture that drill, and that's kind of exactly what you're going to get from Isaiah George. We've seen the growth from him in a game-to-game, shift-to-shift process, but that's never been a weakness of his, is his skating ability, and I feel like it's just gotten better and better and better as he's matured and growed within the London Knights organization.
1: And then the last prospect note actually comes from Luke Evangelista, who is taking part in the Southeast Rookie Showcase for the Nashville Predators, even though he played quite a few games, what, 23 down the stretch for the Nashville Predators last year? And so he is back and helping to raise the level for a lot of the other prospects who are there. So we'll continue to update you on who comes back, and when they come back, check our socials. It's something we'll check in on in our next podcast, which should be out on Thursday or Friday of this week. If you're listening to us, it should be the 20, well, let's say it'll be the 22nd. It'll be the Friday so that we can recap the latest preseason game, get you set for the next one. And we'll also have an East division preview in the OHL. If you haven't heard our Midwest Division preview or our West Division preview, go back because both of those are available, and we talk with people from each of those markets and get a sense on what the expectations are, who the returnees are, and who some of the new faces are who are making noise. And the Knights are going to get a look at Matthew Schaefer this weekend. Get your tickets if you haven't picked any up just yet because he is the first overall pick in the OHL selection in 2023. and he has been performing very, very well for the Erie Otters. Erie's got a lot of good young players, a lot of good new players. In fact, they will not have Colby Saginock on their roster, it looks like. And they are also without... Who's the other guy? Uh, There's one other guy that I was thinking of that they will not have. I'm trying to think Um... of it is. Oh, who used to play for the Knights? It's him. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Erie Otters last year. It is uh, Liam Gilmartin. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the Otters likely will not have Colby Saginock on their roster this year. They will likely not have Liam Gilmartin on their roster this year. Both could have been overage players, but both, right now are, are kind of looking for places to play elsewhere because it is really a youth movement in Erie that has some real grit and skill to it. So should be two games against the Erie Otters that really set a tone for the Knights heading into their first regular season game on September 29th against the Niagara ice dogs. And don't forget Kyle fan fest fan fest is happening before the game.
0: Yes, it is. So make sure you uh, you stop by a little bit earlier and get ready for all the hype leading into game one of the uh, London night season. Of course, the Niagara Ice Dogs come to town on the 29th. It's going to be a ton of fun and uh, it's a home and home with them to kick off the season too. let's now move
1: into some more good vibes for twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. We mentioned earlier in the podcast that at Dick Hunter's celebration of life, there were, of course, just an awful lot of stories. We got talking with Ron Rupert, who is the father of Matt and Ryan Rupert. Just about the run in 2012, the Knights in Shewinigan, a young team going all the way to the Memorial Cup final. They did lose in overtime, but it was just, it was unexpected. And the team just seemed to grow. And there was so much happening at that point. There were a a few things, even involving Matt and Ryan Rupert. Kyle, I remember after the first game that the Knights played, that there was an article in one of the French newspapers. And the headline was, Les enfants terribles, and that you know, very loosely translates into the terrible kids. And it was highlighting Matt and Ryan Rupert. So immediately people started saying, Well, just just a second here. You can't really write that about two kids. It ended up actually being a compliment because it's a very famous french piece of literature and so it was it was more of a compliment that these two young kids were you know all over the ice these two twins and were making life tough on the saint john sea dogs which they did as the knights beat the sea dogs but there was another story from the very next day the knights had to take on shawinigan in back to back days and they ended up losing the game to shawinigan but there was a moment that showed that this team that had veterans like austin watson and had veterans like Jared Tenorti, both would go on to play in the NHL. It was still, you know, filled with a fourth line of Bo Horvat and, you know, Josh Anderson and Chris Tierney. That that was their fourth line. These were young players, 16 and 17-year-olds. Max Adomi was a 16-year-old on that team. And so it was young. And you knew that this team was there and meant business Based on this one penalty kill against Shewinigan, two penalties were handed out one for a check from behind and one for a roughing penalty on the same play first period against Shewinigan and over the boards goes Austin Watson and Jared Tenorti and a still very young Scott Harrington. And they're on the ice killing this penalty. And Schwinigan is zooming round and round and round. They had all kinds of offensive ability round and round the London night zone. And it's a five on three. And these three are keeping them to the outside. They're just going round and round, limiting the shots. Michael Hauser, I think made a couple of saves and they get the puck down the ice with about 30 seconds to go in the kill. So Kyle, what do you do? You you've iced the puck 30 seconds to go in the kill. It's a five on three. What are you doing? If you are on the ice, killing that penalty oh gosh,
0: you're doing everything in your power to try and catch your breath because... You're probably
1: headed to the bench.
0: You are. You're get doing off. everything you can get off the ice because anytime any time, you know, you're in a penalty killing situation, you are exuding significantly more energy because you're the one chasing the puck around. You're down, not just one, but two guys at this point, and you're doing everything to try and block a shot to get a stick in the way to disrupt the flow of motion in the defensive zone. And yeah, if, if you're any player, you beeline it to the bench immediately. So, these guys made it out into center ice.
1: They were maybe getting called to the bench. And all three were positioned as Shawinigan was setting up for another rush, coming out of their own zone. And Jared Tenorti looks over to the bench and waves it off. No, no. We've got this. (laughs) And they killed the rest of the penalty. Those three stayed on the ice. And you knew right then, wait a minute, this team... This team has something special, and they really did. You get to overtime in the Memorial Cup final. It is anybody's game, and they would go on to repeat as OHL champions the very next year. So lots of great memories from 2012. The Knights ended up with a long break between the round-robin games because they advanced right through to the final. So they ended up going to Quebec City, and Matt and Ryan Rupert both found Dale Hunter T-shirts Dale Hunter, Quebec Nordiques, number 32 on the back t-shirts, bought them and started wearing them around to the point that people don't notice of this happening. Because Shawinigan's a, a pretty small place and the Memorial Cup just took over the town. And so that became a storyline as well. Those two, those two knew how to put on a show. Okay, well, if we're going to look for other good vibes going into 2023, 2024, let's make one other stop before we close out the podcast. Let's Let's go back to 2005. Let's go back to the first Memorial Cup championship, the team of the century, and a couple of guys who certainly have told a lot of stories in their day. Danny Savret, the captain of that team, and Mark Mathot, another defenseman on that team. And we'll start with Danny Savred, because he'll eventually get to a story from the final, but just what it takes when you have something that maybe the Knights are really building again, when you've got players who are growing up together and what that can mean for a
2: team.
3: We were pretty fortunate that we were we were an older team. We had a bunch of 19-year-olds and and, and not saying that uh, that's a reason to to succeed is having an old team, but we, but we were also 17-year-olds together, 18-year-olds together, 19-year-olds together. We had we had been together for three years, um, which is uh, a big thing in junior hockey. When your, you know, your your team longevity is usually a four-year window span, and we were able to keep the same team pretty much intact for three years. So, um, you, you just got to know players as people, and uh, we had a lot of leadership on the team. Um, in, in the not only just the guys with letters on their jerseys, but the the rest of the guys who had grown up with us um and I think everyone knew how to connect with one another if, if some guy was was not pulling their weight whether it be me it be Corey Perry it be Mark Massad it be Rob Schreiber, someone would have a way to connect to this guy to you know sort of snap him out of it and I'm not saying that we had to do that very often but um uh the, it, it, within the locker and there's times where maybe some things are said that guys get pissed off at, but you, you take it with a grain of salt and, and, and you know that it's, it's for the purpose of helping the team to succeed. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think obviously that was a, a big turning point in our, in our season as well, as to be able to know that when we want to play, we can play, which um, we didn't in the first little bit of that game and then came, came through in the, in the third game. But <clears throat> it's just, sometimes it's a wake up call um, knowing that, that everyone's out to get you uh, and, and similar was the, the start of the Memorial cup uh, Crosby's uh, first period performance was something that we had never seen uh, in, in junior hockey. And I think we were down three, you would probably know more. I think we were down three, one going into the second and we were able to turn around and come back and, and win. But um, you know, we were, we were a pretty determined team. There was a lot of willpower uh, within the group of us. And, um, and I was uh, very glad to be a part of that.
1: What do you remember from the final countdown on the bench and the celebration?
3: <laughs> uh, do you have trusty on to talk about it too? <laughs>
1: no, no, but I, I think we <laughs> I need remember.
3: to. Okay, so uh, I didn't. I didn't know it at the time. You're just so into it. Um, you, obviously, we were up for uh, nothing. We knew the game was was over, but. Uh, you're just waiting for those seconds to tick down. <laughs> and I think the play was in our end. I didn't notice it until afterwards when you see it on, on TV or on video. But uh, I think we ended up, they were sort of full court pressing us. Obviously, they weren't going to win the game in the last couple of seconds. But uh, I think they wanted to put a, a goal up and break the shutout streak. So they sort of had everyone down low in the offensive zone. And I think we chipped the puck out just as there was maybe one second left. And then, obviously, the puck clearing the blue line, the whole team knows, okay, game's over. So we clear the bench and go charge uh, Adam Dennis. And I didn't know it when I was playing, but watching it after, uh, Brandon Press picks up the puck just outside the blue line, and I've never seen him skate so fast to the far end to try to score on his breakaway, which the time it had expired, but because it was so loud, he couldn't, hear, and he was just in the moment. It's, it's funny to watch the whole team unload uh, pour out of the bench and 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 stream over to to Adam Dennis obviously the the floodgates the Zamboni doors open and everyone comes streaming out and and is, is sprinting the opposite way trying to score a goal with no time on the clock London Knights captain the captain of the
1: team of the century Danny Savrette. With the now very famous story of Brandon Prust, and it's on video, you can you can find it pretty easily. If you search Memorial Cup Final 2005, it's worth a look to see Brandon Prust picking up the puck right before fireworks went off. I mean, you know, let's cut him some slack. He was just bent on doing whatever he had to do. Danny Savret mentioned it. The 45 seconds that you're out there, you're trying to do everything you can do to win. And even with 4 nothing lead, he we need five. There are just seconds left in the game, but we might need five. And up the ice, he goes. And then I guess if we're to look back, Kyle, at 2005, a lot of people will still go to the very first game of the Memorial Cup because of the hype, because of the players' who were involved because Ramuski had finished the year on an unbeaten streak that if they had had more games, who knows, maybe they would have gone 31 games without losing. The Knights started the year that way and went 31 games without losing. So you had two of the top teams and a lot of this came because there was no NHL. So was Corey Perry a member of the London Knights that year if the NHL is playing? probably not and then there would have been other players that would have been question marks as well Sidney Crosby would have been there because he was heading into his draft year or was going through his draft year but that game game number one the Knights against Ramouski to lead off the Memorial Cup you couldn't have set it up any better and it was a game that as Danny had pointed to ramuski went up 3-1 in the first period but If you're going to give it a title, it is the Mark Mathot game. So let's go back to some of Mark's memories of that game one, which the Knights would ultimately win in overtime on a goal by Mark Mathot, a guy who did not score goals, and he had two in that game. So for more good vibes going into this season, here's Mark Mathot.
2: I wish I had like a like footage, like, like like an iPhone back then, right? But phones weren't really prevalent yet as far as like having picture availability on your camera and stuff. So I don't really have any physical proof of it other than whatever I can remember up here. So it's kind of a bittersweet thing. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm envious of the, the stuff that's out there nowadays with regards like I can find almost anything cataloged over the last couple of years. But when you go back into those early 2000s, yeah, it's, it's pretty blurry. And it's, it's, it's like I said, it's bittersweet we need to find a copy
1: of what is still considered to be the best game played in London. And you might, you might think it would be the 4 nothing victory over Sidney Crosby and the Ramuski Oceanic in that Memorial Cup final. But that first game, the Mark McDonough oh, yeah. game, two goals <laughs> and an assist, first star, that's still considered to be maybe the best game ever played at Budweiser Garden slash – the John Leback Center. What memories do you have from that game, given that you opened the scoring, you finished the scoring, you added that assist, and yeah. you guys came back from a 3-1 deficit to win and secure, ultimately, a spot in the Memorial Cup Final. Without that win, you wouldn't have had the clear road.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, again, and I, I hate repeating myself, it, that particular game feels like a blur for sure. I, I vaguely remember scoring the two goals but i keep i I keep mulling around with the idea that maybe my memories are just from highlights that i've seen over the years and not actually in person but oh man like that was like an outer body experience for me right i never scored any goals and then i happened to get two big ones there against crosby's team so um again same situation where i was just elated after the game like overcome with emotion and my family that, you know, As you know, we were from Ottawa, so it was a long six-and-a-half to seven-hour drive from Ottawa. So my parents didn't get the opportunity to come up all the time. So the fact that they were there, my brother was there, that made it so special too. And then being able to share a win like that after a game, obviously, we didn't want to celebrate too hard. It was just game one. But nevertheless, something I'll absolutely never forget. I've got all the memorabilia in the back still. I have to hang them up in the new house here. But uh, they're gonna, the, the Knights will have their own sections in the house in the basement here. Well, for
1: a lot of fans who are maybe watching now, 2005 feels like a long time ago. So if you didn't see the game-winning goal, again, people who were there talk about Corey Perry carrying the puck down the right wing sideboards. And then everybody on the Knights bench and everybody in the crowd seemed to all of a sudden yell, two, two, because you were coming up behind Corey, and he took the quick look over his shoulder and fed you, and into the slot you went. It was it was you against the goalie.
2: Yeah, and I'm still surprised that Paris passed that over to me. I don't know what was going through his head, but it was an idiotic play on his part. Nevertheless, super happy that he did it, because I remember Dejardre left me that whole side wide open, and my stick, I had like this modified Lidstrom curve, I, and I still look back, and I could barely make a pass. I was joking about that with Sivvy. In junior, I was playing with this really aggressive curve that I couldn't make a pass with, but I could friggin' shoot the puck with it properly, and I could get it up. So that worked to my benefit. Again, the stars aligned on that shot, and it worked out to my benefit.
1: Because in junior, I mean, that's, that's what mattered, getting the shot away, right? Yeah, in junior, right. you're always thinking, one day I'm going to score an overtime winner with this stick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a special goal. I, I don't have the puck. I don't think maybe it's, it was mounted, but I doubt it. I'm sure someone took it, but otherwise, again, I can't stress this enough. I need to figure out how to get like good footage of that tournament. Cause I don't have anything in my home. <laughs> anywhere. So I don't know what I'm going to show my kids when they're older, but we'll see. Mark Mathot on a four, three
1: victory by the London Knights over the Ramuski Oceanic. Without that, they do not advance straight to the Memorial cup final. Um, maybe they have, you know, not the same game plan. Maybe they changed their game plan. If they had not come back and won it. maybe they feel differently going into the final. It was one of the most sound game plans you could have as Kyle, the Knights beat Ramouski four to nothing. And some of the celebrations may still be continuing. I don't know. This is, this is many years later, but who, somebody might still be ringing a bell somewhere in their basement thinking 2005 Memorial cup champions. It, it probably is happening right now.
0: Well, and, and totally understandable. And at some point, you know, in the next couple of years, we're going to come up on the 20-year anniversary of that team and there'll be more celebrations and uh, deservedly so. There were a lot of special moments within that season for that specific team, whether it was the players, whether it was the run, whether it was the championship, you name it, that team seemingly had it all that year. And uh, and you got to love that one of the best games played at Bud Gardens was scored and ended by none other than Mark Mathot. Love it. <laughs>
1: Love it. He got it going and he finished it off. And
0: I think one of the, one of the biggest, like most well-respected London Knights players in the history of the franchise too.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and he'll admit it. I mean,
1: he did not score. That was not his job. And yet (laughs) there he was and top shelf and then finishing a two on one with a slick pass from Corey Perry, jumping into the rush, just like he did it all the time. It was magic. And, uh, And that was something that not many fans will ever forget. Kyle, we will preview the East Division of the Ontario Hockey League later this week. We will count up any players who have returned from NHL camps, and we'll certainly keep tabs on anything else happening with the London Knights and the OHL,
0: like you said, off the start just over a week away from the start of the regular season. Eleven days to be exact from recording this, and if you want to go back and listen to any of the other summer episodes as well, feel free to do so to get your get your blood going and get hyped going into the regular season. And you can find the night shift on anywhere anywhere you do get your podcast, whether it is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can follow us on uh, Twitter as well at CalGramard and at Mike Stubbs. Previews coming up on the next episode, and then it's game week.